A season of change is here. I'm recording this on Friday, July the 30th, and my once very good Chicago Cubs have now been gutted, trading away their entire core. Um, that is the vibe for me this Friday, July the 30th, everybody. You all don't care, but you should care about gold finding its footing. The juniors could be back. The sector rotation Mr. Hodge told you about seems to be accelerating. Crypto looks like it's back. Mr. Hodge called that bottom beautifully. We'll talk Fed policy. We'll talk Simone Biles and trigger a couple of you delicate snowflakes out there. We'll talk the FBI, the Delta variant, vaccines, asteroids, the size of pyramids, all sorts of stuff. I am Gerardo Del Real and this is episode 128 of Bizarro World. I'm here with my co-host, the witty, the thinking hunter, the defender of everything anti-Fed policy, Mr. Nick Hodge. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good, Gerardo. The uh, market calls have been accurate, as you say, and it's been fun to uh, execute in the market. So uh, I'm happy to talk about that. How's it going? Sorry about your Cubs. You know, it, it, the cycles of change, right? It, it, we talked a bit off air. It happens quickly. You know, we went from a first place team about a month ago um, to complete rebuild status. And so, yeah, my next trip to Wrigley won't be quite as fun as it used to be, but let's see how things shake out. Let's get to the markets. Gold closed right around that 1814 level. Um, I noticed that several institutions and funds, some well-known ones, um, seem to be rotating back into gold. It's it's something we chatted a bit about last week. We should probably have a further discussion on that. No coincidence that the 10-year um, is, 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 is back down lower. And, you know, in large part because the Fed told us what the Fed will continue to tell us for the next few years. Um, this is the predictable policy that you can come to expect. And that will consist of multi-trillion dollar bills, whether it's infrastructure um, from the po politician side of it or easy, cheap money, especially for the very well off amongst us, Nick, from the Fed. So I think, you know, that combination of economic and monetary policy bodes really, really well for gold. Um, you've been spot on with your calls. Let me let, 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 let me get your take on gold. What are you seeing? How's it feeling? I think gold still looks uh, good as long as, you know, rates continue to uh, break down. There's a lot of what you called wonkiness in the, in the system this mm. week, and, and, <laughs> and we can talk about that. Um, I guess I'd want to talk about the gold equities first, which yes. seem, to, seem to believe that it's, yeah, there's a rotation on. I told you two weeks ago I was buying Kinross at $6. Well, Kinross is a $6.66 here to, a stock here today, right? And so um, we've seen good earnings come out of, of Kirk and Lake, and we've seen uh, some of the bigger companies start to move. So they seem to think that that this uh, rotation is real. The the larger markets, the the bond yields that you mentioned and and gold are still, I think, taking their time figuring it out, right? It's not all happening at once. And I guess I would point to the two-year instead of the, the the 10-year, which I was mentioning back in, mm -hmm. in June, actually, on this podcast. And it's still, it's not obviously yielding more than the 10-year, but it's uh, yields are moving higher faster. And so that's um, uh, wonkiness is the best I can describe it because... Um, I'm not a bond king, and so, and I'm not a central banker. And honestly, I don't even know if they could understand it. You got the, or explain it simply, right? The repo market is, you know, back over a trillion dollars. These uh, banks seemingly want to park this cash with the the Fed. The the two year yield is is inflating, like I said, and I think there's still a bit of a wait and see uh, approach here. Utilities were doing well this week, showing a bit of that defensiveness, something else I was saying last week. And so, um, you know, I'm not sure if that's the answer you were looking for, but gold, um, it didn't certainly didn't break down and it looks like it still wants to uh, go higher and, and other commodities can continuing to inflate as well. What did I see this week? Tin at record highs, for mm. example. Last, last week we were talking about coffee and this week it's tin. Like these commodities are continuing to just play uh, round robin with their inflation and it's going to go to gold, like I say, as long as these uh, rates re remain down. 
Agreed. And look, you mentioned um, the gold equities. You mentioned Kinross, uh, a producer, of course. Let's get into some of the juniors. We talked, I mentioned Chicana last week. Um, I thought that Chicana was a compelling opportunity at 30 cents. And look, here we are seven days later. I think closed at 43 cents today. And it had itself a hell of a week, a hell of a week on good results. But we've seen a market in the juniors that doesn't reward good results. There's still a lot of names out there that that present pretty compelling speculations. Revival Gold is a name I'll give you for free, mm. right? Magna Gold still, uh, another one I'll give you for free. But look, Chicana intersected 12 meters of 27.39% copper and 967.7 grams per ton silver. Um, you can add 0.38 grams per ton gold um, at the Soledad Project in Peru. Pretty damn good numbers, pretty damn good market response. It was encouraging to see that other notable moves in the junior space. Um, probe metals, probe metals had itself a week. You know, it, it went from 170 to it closed at 199 today. Um, just today it was up 11% on some pretty good volumes. Um, I could continue on, even laggards. I mentioned New Placer Dome Gold a few weeks back. You know, that was up some 20% this week. So the moves that I'm seeing, I typically don't see them at the end of July and early August. These are moves that typically we see when everyone is back from vacation, right? Right around, right after Labor Day is typically when people wake up. But it seems like these juniors are discounted so much that people actually are out there bargain hunting. And that bodes really well if gold behaves itself. Um Copper certainly is behaving itself right back to 441 um, and much higher in the future. So it's transitory, totally fucking transitory. Yeah, yeah, transitory. Um, <laughs> and I know we go on a rant every week about it, so I, I, I don't even want to get going on that again. But um, yeah, look, let's talk inflation, right? It rose 3.5% in June um, year over year. Um, and, and, you know, <laughs> that's not um, that's not a little bit, and of course we know because we've talked about it a lot on this on this on this podcast that real inflation is much higher than that. Um, Delta variant, uh, COVID cases, we talked about it a bit last week. Nick, are you worried in the second half about earnings slowing down as a result of the Delta variant, or do you think we're peaking right now and are actually where we were? When we caught the second wave back in February, where February and March tended to be the peak, right? Can I answer? Can I talk about uh, juniors for a second first? You could talk about whatever you want, Mr. Hodge. I, I won't. Forget that <laughs> I, I, I wrote it down. Um, so, yeah, Chicana specifically, I think you've got a bit of a, uh, I won't maybe say improving political situation, but at least clarity to a, a political situation unfolding that I think is. Uh, helping that jurisdiction. I would have pointed to revival as well as something that's still significantly uh, undervalued and also as a case that the, you know, juniors weren't, you know, all rising uh, in step, right? If I were to look at the GDXJ, for example, which I know doesn't include, you know, the real tiny explorers, but just as a barometer, um, it would want to, uh, well, let me just pull it up for a second. It would want to go, I think, above $50 to confirm like a real move mm. uh, up, for example. And so it's getting close. I mean, it, it put in, let's say it caught itself in the low 40s at 43 and it's turned around and it's at 45, 46 today. But if you scroll all the way out, I guess is what I was going to say. Let me do that for a second. Yeah, you get out to about, break it out of $50, which it's starting to get up to yet. So what I would say is, uh, still time for that smaller end of the sector to to catch up, which is uh, how it typically goes, which which uh, means there's uh, opportunity left, I guess, is what I was going to say. And sorry, now I'll talk about your, your, your question about inflation and earnings. I think that, um, uh, you know, the world shut down last year, which is something that we've talked about a lot. And so you had a lot of numbers coming you know, year over year numbers that looked really, really good. Some of the uh, fastest growing profits, just like we had some of the worst quarter over quarter numbers before that. Right. And so um, I think that slows down as um, 
the reopening has now been in effect in 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 the U.S. at least for um, a couple of weeks, if not months, in in most uh, locations. And so um, the roller coaster is not going to keep going straight up, right? Trees don't go to the sky, and you can already see that how you know earnings are starting to quote unquote disappoint, right? If you look at you know facts at numbers or whatever S and P uh, net earnings, while they set a record in uh for q1 are you know they're still good in q2 but they're not as good right Mm. and so uh not as good is important when inflation is still fucking ripping right because Mm. you need you need the growth to keep up with the inflation or else you get uh what do you get gerardo you get the stagflation or you get a, a rotation which is another thing that's you know driving what you and i uh were talking about there and so you know, and then you get wild cards, right? Because you mentioned Delta, I think is how we got into this. And so, you know, I, I don't know, just this week, the CDC said they're advising people, even vaccinated people to wear masks and dorgs again. Uh, I don't know what the vibe is in Texas. Uh, here in Washington, the governor echoed those sentiments. He didn't say they were going to be required, but he did say they're recommended. And so, yeah, um, we'll see. Um, you've got a, a kid going to college in the fall. Uh, or they have to wear masks. I've been seeing more and more announcements about that. And we'll see how, how yeah. people react to this. You've got these, sorry, now I'm just ranting, but you know, a lot of things that are, that are new things, right? Breakthrough infections and people um, uh, that have been vaccinated, you know, being contagious after they've been infected with these uh, uh, variants and things like that. And so uh, a lot of stuff to work through here in the, in the late summer, which is typically a slow time. A lot of stuff to work through. It's going to be an interesting start to Q4. There's a lot of Q3 left. A lot of companies still doing some really, really good work out there. Um, good to see some movement. Let's 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 leave it there. Uh, S and P 500. You know, six months in a row. Um, of course, you know it's easy to it's easy to 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 make money when you know you have every politician just dying to spend it right and, and and willing to print it and you know we have eviction moratoriums that that that, that are being extended and you know we got pleads for forgiveness on student loan debt and we've talked about that in the past but it seems like whether you're on the right or the left right now if you're a politician it's just a it's just it's just a game of handout everybody's just looking to hand out whatever they can hand out and it doesn't really matter which side of the aisle you're on it's it, it's just different gifts for different people but it, it, it the policy is the same on either side. Am I off on that? Does it does it does it feel different to you, Nick, or does it look different to you? Uh, I mean, the right tries to say they aren't doing it, but uh, you know, obviously, are in their own ways. And there was uh, bipartisan agreement this week to move the infrastructure bill forward. So obviously, some willingness to uh, spend there. I think um, you know, if you had any. A notion that Donald Trump was gonna, you know, rein in the budget or the the deficit of any or anything like that. You know, those uh, fantasies or, or dreams have got to be out the window after you see how they uh, the deficit can continue to increase under uh, his watch. And so, unless you're completely deranged, I mean, you have to see that, <laughs> that, that both sides are, are are wanton spenders and. And, and willing to write checks. Trump even wanted to sign the checks personally, remember? He did. He did. And um, yeah, God, you know, you mentioned unless you're absolutely deranged. And, you know, we say that and we don't mean that in a derogatory way. We mean that in a very literal way. But there are a yeah. lot of people um, that clearly, clearly are willing to believe anything along narrative or party lines. And, and you know, the most recent one, I don't know if you saw this, but there's a... <laughs> A Parkland school survivor, right? The mass shooting that we had down in Florida um, a few years back. There's a, a teen um, who said he, you know, he he was one of the people that was shot. Um, and the kid says he's being traumatized because his father, a QAnon believer, believes the massacre was a hoax. I mean, I I I I don't know. If my kid got shot, I don't know what it would take for me other than me being deranged for me to believe that the whole thing was a hoax. I just I, it's 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 a bit worrisome. I don't want to say scary. It's worrisome to me how easily led 
a lot of people are. And I know the media sensationalizes things because that's what gets clicks. And I read the story, so obviously it's working. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, 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 we need critical thinking back in the schools. Um, we need critical thinking and some common sense. Um, more of it in society. I think we could all do better with it. And um, yeah, any thoughts on that, Nick? Or- I mean, I did see the the story. I think that um, it's easy to get wrapped up in in all sorts of narratives and adopt that as a as a a, a worldview. And uh, you mentioned clickbait journalism. I mean, you don't get really um, any sort of central, uh, coherent, non politicized uh, reporting unless you. Um, really look for it or are willing to pay for quality uh, journalism, which I'm not sure the uh, mainstream populace is doing. And so, um, no, easy to see how, how you get caught up in these uh, narratives, wh- whatever they are, right? Uh, sex cults we've discussed on this podcast, all sorts of stuff, right? Uh, you, you know, whatever it is. And so um, not a lot to add, I guess, Uh other than those points, but uh, continue to, to be in a, in a really uh, polarized uh, environment and one where, um, and this is important, I think, the, the politicians or, or, or those that people vote for, for whatever reason, are all too willing to uh, embrace that polarization and non-reality and um, really that sense of clickbait journalism to uh, advance their own uh, agendas or whatever they may be instead of um, truly doing things that are the will of the people. And so, um, yeah, it's one big uh, club and you ain't in it. And I think they play a lot of games to uh, keep people uh, polarized with the media, as you alluded to. And and I think, look, the hearings that we saw this week um, regarding the January 6th insurrection um, and everything that happened, I think is a clear example of that, right? I, I When the Black Lives Matter protests were happening, um, there was so much, so much support, you know, um, for blue lives mattering, right? And 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 for police, um, and for the bravest amongst us that keep our community safe. And it was really, really, um, it, it pissed me off a little bit to see politicians that have secret service protection um, and sit behind desk and just criticize. Um, behind a screen or behind a desk, it really pissed me off to see a couple of the officers that were there January 6th and actually fighting back and and, and, and saved some lives and, and doing the right things, not the ones that let people in, the ones that actually were, were there about it, right? Um, it pissed me off to see politicians tweeting and, and, and media people tweeting that these men were liars, they were liars because they didn't fit the narrative of what happened on January 6th, which, you know, even that's been polarized, right? Even that's like, you either believe that it was the right thing to do and necessary for your, to save our democracy, or you think it was one of the biggest threats we've seen to our democracy here in recent times. And so just bizarre world, Nick. It's, it's, it's crazy times. I don't know if you caught any of those hearings, but yeah, that was pretty... Pretty cringy. It was cringy. I saw the gentleman slam the desk and talk about how he had been drugged into the crowd and uh, repeatedly electrocuted again. Um, we saw this in real time. I mean, the fucking revolutions being televised. It's 2021. We saw them um, beating police officers, dragging them down from their posts. We saw the officer um, lead the enraged crowd away from the, the Senate chamber, right? Like, um, this stuff was on social media and, and being displayed in in real time. And so, um, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but yeah, to to deny what happened. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if 
what level of threat it was to, to the democracy, but I am sure that it happened. Um, I saw it with my own eyes. And so um, you, know, you see people try to sit up there and say that it wasn't, um, especially in the context of the, the police, as you uh, mentioned, is obviously disingenuous. And then, uh, of course, you have to talk about the, the blue line that they're stepping across, right? Because um, there were a lot of police in attendance at the, the January 6th event and not uh, in uniform, right? Uh, as members of the crowd, this isn't mm-hmm. um, made up. This is this is well documented, mm-hmm. right? And so um, you can talk about the insignia of militias or you can talk about like the, the blue line patches and black rifle coffee company patches that were uh, seen and documented in the, in the, the crowd and the... Um, you know, the, let's say, worldview that that speaks to, um, you know, to a certain extent, um, the police cohort, the, the, the blue line bumper sticking having crowd is the January 6th insurrectionist crowd, right? And now I'm going to talk about Florida for a second. Because hmm. there, was a, there was a story out of Florida, Always Florida. <laughs> that, I, that I took the time to read because it caught my eye about the law enforcement in the KKK. And yep. so I read it and um, it turns out that, uh, well, there's law enforcement in the KKK, but um, there was a black gentleman who was in prison for a misdemeanor that I guess a prison guard kept blowing smoke in his face, blowing smoke in his face, blowing smoke in his face. And the black guy told him to stop, stop, stop. And uh, eventually just started fighting the prison guard. Right. And in the fight, um, Sorry, I'm making this a long story, but he he bit the prison guard. The The inmate was black. The prison guard was white. And so the prison guard had to undergo all this testing, right? Because he got bit by an inmate, hepatitis, HIV, all this testing. And it turns out that the, the prison guard who was bitten was in the, the KKK and um, ultimately um, conspired when this black gentleman was released from prison to have him murdered. And... Uh, turns out there was an FBI informant in his, I don't know if they're chapters or whatever they are, sex or whatever his group was of, of the KKK in Florida um, and was able to record them. And uh, they were arrested by the, the FBI, right? There was, I believe, three prison guards who were just in this one Ku, Ku Klux Klan cell that conspired to murder this gentleman were um prison guards in Florida. And so the FBI went to Florida and said, hey, uh, you've got a, a KKK problem in, in, in your law enforcement <laughs> agencies. And, and Florida said, yes, so. And so and that was like the end of the story, like Florida just declined to investigate. And so um, I don't know. That's what I thought about when you were talking about those hearings. Yeah, um, look, let me go back to my uh, my comment about the the insurrection and the the riots on, on the Capitol being a threat to the democracy. The threat, just to be clear, from my perspective, is the precedent, p r e c e d e n t, that it sets. And I can tell you that being from and having family in a town in Mexico where the people that are most willing to exercise violence and have the best access to weapons. Um, they, 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 they control large parts of, of, of the country, obviously. And then sure in the hacker doing a good job of, uh, you know, keeping the town locked down so much so that I had an aunt that passed away, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't feel comfortable going. Um, and so when you have a scene like what happened on January the 6th, and it's that close, that close to senators and officers dying. Um, there's nothing that says that a more better organized group next time with better weaponry and 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 less callous for life um, couldn't succeed in at the very least, at the very least, making that a much deadlier situation. Um, that can inspire others. And we see this around the world, right? We see, we see groups of, of all sorts of different backgrounds that are willing to behead and are willing to bomb. And, 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 and we've seen civil wars that go on for decades on end, right? Everything from 
Ireland to the Middle East to Mexico, you name it. The precedent that that image of that insurrection sets to me is a threat to the democracy because there is no guarantee in a future that there won't be a better organized group that feels the same way about the state of the country and what they're willing to do for it. So um, I wanted to clarify that comment. Um, Sure. And I guess the scariness in that law enforcement for me is we've seen their willingness um, to to trample citizens' rights, right? Yep. To, to, to push people down, to beat them up in the streets, to kneel on their backs until they're dead, whatever it is, right? And then uh, increasingly, we're seeing that that group is choosing sides, right, politically. Um, and so what you then have is uh, the law enforcement uh, backing a, a political ideology, and um, that's as un-American as it gets. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let's talk a little bit more um, on law enforcement. Let's um, let's talk about Simone Biles, which um, triggered a lot of people who don't know. One of my favorite shows is The Ozarks on Netflix, right? There's a little lady in there that asks her ass off and she she uh, she has a, a phrase like, I, I don't know shit all about nothing, right? <laughs> and so... There's a lot of people out there that know shit all about nothing when it comes to being a gymnast. And so for those not familiar, Simone Biles is, you know, the greatest g- gymnast to ever do it. She is so good that she, she, she's judged differently by judges because she is inventing new routines, new moves that had never been seen before, right? And so she's somewhat penalized for that because there's just no system of, 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 of judging certain moves because they had never been done before. Anyhow, she is competing. Um, she's in the Olympics. She was in the middle of a routine and halfway into um, her, her, her routine, she's in the air and she describes it as getting the twisties. She got lost in the air, right? And, and so I'm not a gymnast, but I know that everybody that is a gymnast that I read online says, look, that is when you when you're competing at that level and when that happens to you not only is it the best thing for the team for her to back away and say hey um i'm off like i i i i'm off don't want to get injured um y- you guys go try to go get that medal which which the team did you know we ended up with the silver did a great job um but she could have seriously seriously hurt herself um, when you're when you're you're spinning and jumping and you're as high up as she was, and so I could not understand the the venom that this young lady got for making a decision about her physical and mental health and rec- recognizing that the best shot that her her teammates had was for her to sit back and let her teammates get in there and go take care of business, especially especially if. It's in a situation like that. Um, and, and, and then we go to law enforcement and you got to remember that Simone Biles is the last competing victim of Nassar, right? The, 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 the doctor, Larry Nassar, the doctor who was sentenced to 40 to 175 years in prison after he pleaded guilty to sexual assault and possession of child pornography. And this is a story I've been wanting to get to for a couple of weeks. I've mentioned it in passing. It keeps getting away from me. But, you know, I want to talk about it this week a little bit because we talked about law enforcement and we talked about, you know, the the the, the potential consequences of having law enforcement that's corrupt, having law enforcement that, you know, isn't, isn't there to uphold the oath that they're taking, but just to further whatever interests they have. And so when this story broke that, and this was the Justice Department, which did a good job with this, that 70 girls, 70 girls were abused by the doctor after the first reports of abuse came to the FBI in July of 2015. It almost physically made me sick, Nick. I was so angry and am, man, just incredibly sad for these young ladies. Um... It's very consequential for our country that the rule of law um, 
which sets us apart from most countries, right? It's what it's what attracts capital here. It's what attracts investment. Um, it's why you and I wouldn't be as comfortable um, launching a new venture in China because we don't know if we would get to keep it, right? And here in America, if we do the right things, if we pay our taxes, um, there's a very high likelihood that the law would protect us as long as we're doing right. When the law isn't doing right, it has terrible, often tragic consequences. And I I am sickened by the report um, that FBI employees not only didn't respond to the claims by not investigating, but they also lied to other organizations that were in order to cover up this is their this is their line the agents in order to cover up failure to invest their failure to investigate um the crimes that now we know clearly happened um and so you know it's it's we talk a lot on this podcast about holding law enforcement accountable. It's because of the responsibility law enforcement bears. And it's one, by the way, that they sign up for. So it's not an anti-law enforcement or anti-government podcast. It's a we want accountability in our society podcast. You commit a crime, you go to prison, you do your time, you reform, you do better, you get another opportunity, you don't. There should be consequences. We shouldn't excuse anyone from that level of accountability, including law enforcement. And I hope, I hope that the people that covered this up and allowed all these young ladies to get, you know, uh, abused and molested and raped. Um, I, 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 some people have to go to prison. Um, I, I, I still haven't seen any of Epstein's buddies go to prison. Have you? Other than the, the girlfriend. Anybody? I've seen a lot of resignations, but not a lot of prison time. Uh, yeah, a lot of divorces. A lot of, uh, you know, very friendly settlements, quiet ones, um, but I haven't seen much, much in the way of prison time. So anyhow, that's my rant on accountability. Um, let's stick to the Olympics a little bit. Any, anything to add there, Nick? I mean, it's important because uh, a couple of things. Uh, one is, you know, we champion these police, right? Back the blue, uh, this and that. And I've, I've said time and again that, um, you know, we want the police to be uh, better, you know, uh, Absolutely. I'm not making things up when I say half of crimes like the cops don't solve. Right. Like these aren't some um, uh, cape wearing heroes who are out there deterring crime day in and day out. Um, that's not really what police do. And so I think to view them in that way is uh, is a, a bit misguided. I think there's you know, other ways to reduce crime than uh, backing the blue and and um, militar militarizing it. And then um, and then that 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 transfers here to the FBI. Right. They failed. I mean, let's call it what it is. They failed in their duty. They failed to investigate. They failed to catch the bad guy. I mean, that's like your one fucking job. Right. And so yep. um, they failed at that. Right. Um, as is often the case, as they fail to solve half of like major violent crimes. Right. And so um, let's improve like uh, that if we want to back the blue and, and, and you don't improve that by giving them immunity. Like that's not what makes them solve more crimes. Right. Um, the stuff that, you know, uh, we're seemingly arguing back and forth against aren't what makes cops better and isn't what makes a citizen safer. So that's one piece of it. And then I would just say that American institutions are um, in need of reform. Obviously, that's what a fourth turning is uh, about. And I would point at the uh, the Catholic Church, right, as, a, hmm. as a evidence that we just had the first cardinal charged uh, or convicted, right? From 74. Uh, it took fucking... 50 years. Insane. The first, and I know there's been priests charged, but the first cardinal charge, come on. And it's the same thing with cops, right? What do they do? Send the priests to another diocese, uh, put them in another state, right? 
Um, you know, same thing with cops. He gets fired for misconduct in, in one county. He can go over to the next county and get a job. Doesn't go on his permanent record. Like, and so that's sort of the stuff that uh, needs to change and needs to get called out. And, um, you know, uh, I've led plenty of horses to water, but, but you can't make them drink, Gerardo. You cannot. You cannot. Um did you see the story about the Norwegian athletes that got fined for not wearing the sexy bikini bottoms? It's just the one that Pink is covering the tab. Yeah, hey, I love Pink, by the way. Shout out to Pink. Not that I know her, but if you happen to come across this podcast, we love you, Pink. You're amazing. Um, yeah, this was fucking crazy. Like, it's 2021. We're talking about Cardinals from the 70s finally getting fucking arrested and, and, and you know, and charged for 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 raping young boys and like you know you you think okay well archaic institution right and, and then you fast forward to 2021 here with the olympics and they're fucking fighting women for not wearing the bikini bottoms it's insane gotta keep them ratings up <laughs> oh god oh god oh god um we had an asteroid the size of the Pyramid of Gaza that flew by the Earth. Um, good God, Nick. Uh, all sorts of crazy I, shit. There's so much stuff happening. There's like a, a, a new uh, new moons are forming in outer space. Like we might have discovered. Do they wobble? Of- <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. They're going to get monkey disease if they do. <laughs> Pretty monkey th- disease. <laughs> But yeah, there's like new moons in outer space. Uh, what else did I read this week? If you want to just talk about random space stories. Yeah, um, we might have discovered a new form of matter. And so um, that's quite significant. But yeah, though these don't even register anymore. Aliens, new planets, new forms of matter. Who cares, right? Who cares? Um, another, um, another, another billionaire trying to get to, you know... Out of here, <laughs> out of here. Uh, Bezos was denied, um, and his company Blue Origin was denied its protest on the moon lander contract. I don't know if you saw that. That just broke here um, a little. Well, he bit. said he would cover the the two billion, and they said no. He they 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 said no. Yeah, they said no. They uh, that contract went to the other billionaire that yeah. can't wait to get the hell out of here, right? Elon, right? Um, so yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's a $2.9 billion contract. Obviously, um, there's, there's, there's a space race and, 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 and this one is, 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 you know, a partnership that's private and public. So interesting to see how things develop on that front, but you're right. Like the, the, the pace of the news and the stuff that's going on. Um, there's so much, there was an 8.2 earthquake in Alaska that barely got any coverage, right? Luckily it was, it was far away from the population centers, um, and, and, and didn't cause tsunamis or, you know, significant loss of life or anything like that. But, you know, the, the faults are active as they always are. And, you know, I always worry when, once they start shaking like that, that it's going to continue on down. So no, look, there's a lot to, 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 to look at in the world. It's a lot of uh, instability and again, always a good time to, 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 to smile and be nice to someone and try to make someone's day better. Cause that goes a long way, right? Absolutely. And for corporations out there, you know what else goes a long way? Have an AC at the Burger King where you want these kids and 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 and, and these these people um, to work. So did you read the story about the 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 Burger King employees that walked out? No, I saw they walked out. I didn't know why. So you know they're they're sitting there for two weeks, um, and there wasn't any hot. AC, and they're hot as hell, it's and they keep hot. asking. For the AC to get fixed, and it didn't get fixed, and so they just put up a sign that said, we all quit. Sorry for the inconvenience. Um, I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah, look, corporations are, are, are going to have to start paying up and treating people right. And, and you know, those that haven't or those that have uh, done it the wrong way, I, 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 I think there's some karmic debt to be paid, right? Hmm. I wonder if I could have follow up on that. I wonder if they got some AC or if they restaff because it's quite tough to restaff right now. Um, that's exactly what um, what 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 the Burger King's general manager Rachel Flores said that low staffing levels 
um, made it untenable for her and her employees to keep working there. And so they were just like, look, we're out of here, man. We're, we're out of here. Sorry for the inconvenience. Burger King isn't the most healthy of foods for you anyway, folks. Um, let's let's wrap this up by uh, by getting your thoughts on, on, on the crypto space. Nick, you, you called the bounce beautifully. We talked, we touched on it last week, but, you know, two weeks ago, you were saying that, 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 that you were buying. And I think you got into Bitcoin, right? At what, 29, 28, 30? It was like uh, just over 29.5 when I was awake working one night when it was selling off. And when I, was, yeah. when I went to bed, I pulled up my Coinbase app and it was still under 30. So I started buying. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I told you why, because it didn't break down further than that. The, the previous time we talked, yep. uh, I told you it could have gone lower and then it didn't. So uh, I bought it and then it ran to, to 40 is what you're saying. It was up around uh, $40,000 Bitcoin was and has pulled a little bit uh, back under that. Um, what do I want to say now? I think Ethereum is the is the cool new kid this week. Mm. Uh, Ethereum was, uh, you know, moving up uh, higher, uh, not in absolute terms, and obviously, but in percentage terms than uh, Bitcoin was. And the narrative surrounding that was um, that it was becoming uh, more widely adopted and that it was being viewed as like one of the two main ones that had staying power, Bitcoin and Ether, which of course is what it's been all along. Essentially, the shitcoins has been the shitcoins and there's Bitcoin and Ether. I mean, it's pretty clear. Um, but it didn't want to to break through that 40 or, or 41,000. And so, you know, weekends are always very interesting for... Uh, crypto and, and gold is moving back up now. So uh, I don't know. I'm certainly not buying more here. I queued up a sell <laughs> when, when, when it was at like 40,000 and a half and I didn't press the button. And so I don't know. I guess I just got diamond hands right now. Yeah, it's at, it's, it's at 40,237 as we speak. Um, there's still some non-believers out there that don't believe it's sustainable in the short or midterm. Um, for the major U.S. indices to continue to rise alongside cryptos, alongside gold. Uh, I'll tell you what I did buy this week, Gerardo. Sorry to jump no, in and change the subject. No, no, but no. Every time I read a fucking interview that you do with Van, I end up buying a gold <laughs> coin. And so um, I bought a, a, a nice St. Gaudens this week because mm. uh, Van inspired me to do so. And, and maybe you can talk about why, but... You know, we've talked about the the collectibles here multiple times, the NFTs, the uh, Magic the Gathering cards, um, the Pokemon cards, the um, what else? Sculptures of nothing, the the farm bills uh, and farm bank scams. Uh, we've talked about all this. And so and these cards continue to sell at uh, records. You talked to, to Van this week and sorry to steal your thunder, but, you know, he's sort of... Um, I don't know, the bee's knees in the collector's world, right? Co-founded PCGS, uh, Professional Board Coin Grading Service, and uh, the PSA, uh, the sports one, which does the baseball cards. And so he's talking about how, uh, you know, these Mickey Mantle cards, even ones that aren't grading that well or going for millions of dollars and the Honus Wagner cards and even the, um, you know, older rare coins. So maybe you can relay some of that because I thought it was it was worth recanting at least a bit. No, look, the conversations I have with Van, who is the standard, I mean, you, you called that, you know, he is the bee's knees. He is the standard. He, he, him and his team, you know, literally <laughs> invented the grading system, right? That, that, that these cards and these coins. The coin I bought was a PCGS coin. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there you go. And so, you know, when we talk about like the who's who and, and, and look, your coin dealers, favorite coin dealers, favorite hero mentor is Van. And, and David Hall Rare Coins. And we'll put a link up for anyone that wants anything from, you know, cool um, collectibles to baseball cards to comic books. Him and I had an off-the-record conversation about watches. Um, I love watches. And, and you know, I've started looking at those as investments. And, you know, he gave me like a half an hour tutorial and primer on watches. And then, you know, sent me some pictures of, of, of some recent ones he had purchased. But, you know, we were talking about inflation. And we were talking about... Um, a monetary policy and economic policy and just how bizarro it all is. And, you know, he talked about that Mickey Mantle baseball card. He used to um, buy those things for a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a card. Um, and then he said in 1988 or 1989, they were selling for eight to nine thousand a card. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and the most recent auction sale, two, two, three weeks ago, sold for I think two point two million. I and, believe that's right. Yeah, yeah and, and he said there's 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 one that they grade a ten, which you know it's like a ten in the real world is like a ten in the baseball card world, right? Top notch. Um, in the ten million dollar range, we're talking. We're not talking from the eighteen hundreds to now. We are talking from nineteen eighty nine when they sold for eight to nine thousand dollars to twenty twenty one. These things are selling for ten million. Ten million, and so. Look, it's um, it's clearly, clearly, clearly a sign that informed capital, um, capital that it's looking that is looking to preserve its wealth. Um, right. Yeah. Like it's not dumb money paying two million a card, right? I mean, it, dumb money doesn't have two million a card. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I've 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 heard stories. I've heard stories, and I won't say from who, and I, I won't say about who, but I've I've heard stories about billionaires that are on the Forbes list that you know, have have been reported to be worth three to four billion dollars. And certain people in the know laugh at that number because the, <laughs> there's a guy, allegedly, I don't know if it's true, it could be a story, that has warehouses full of Tiffany lamps and every kind of, you know, art painting and then all the off the record stuff, right? That isn't counted in the net worth that clearly obviously is 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 worth a whole heck of a lot of a lot more and and will be and and you know when we talk wealth and we talk rich you know chris rock has that great line like no 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 you know i'm not wealthy you know wealth is the guy that owns the color blue right the rights to that that's wealthy mm-hmm. you can pass I'm that rich. down forever i'm rich right and and, and so when i hear these stories it, it, it reminds me you know it just reminds me um of, of, of just that there's levels to this and, you know, it keeps you humble for sure. But yeah, look, I asked, uh, I asked Van about his wealthy friends and, you know, how they were moving their capital and, 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 you know, his answer to me was, you know, look, I was talking to a gentleman recently and he was, uh, we were going back and forth and he really wanted this, this collectible that I had. And he asked me what it would take to buy it off of me. And I gave him some crazy number and he said, okay, how many can I have? And he responded by saying, well, you, you don't care about the price. He's like, it, the price doesn't matter. He goes, eventually, this might be worth infinity in today's dollars, right? Because of the way that things are printed and the fact that there's like one of the things that he was looking for or two of those things that he was looking for. And he clearly wanted them both. But it's, um, it's all relative, I guess, is what, where I'm going with this. It's all relative. Wealth is relative. Um the prices for these collectibles, the prices for um, these junior companies, eventually, I think the price of gold, all these hard assets, if, if you haven't noticed, people um, tend to catch a pretty, pretty informed bid um, when we run the kind of experiments monetarily that we're running right now. And unfortunately, that's not a trend that's going to um, slow down, I don't think, anytime soon. And look, we had coal miners that were outside of uh, of New York protesting BlackRock, right? For for the same reasons that I was shitting on BlackRock a couple of weeks ago because they're coming in and they're buying all the houses and all the condos and and they're gutting out the, uh, the owner class and making it really, really hard uh, for those trying to get a head start and do it the right way um, to have some upward mobility with real estate and use that as a, as a way to build wealth and, 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 and increase, um, their net worth. So it's, it's, it's starting to turn, as you mentioned. Um, I don't ever recall coal miners in front of, you know, in, in New York streets protesting in front of the BlackRock office before that's, that's new. And I, and I, again, I don't think that slows down anytime soon. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, no, the collectibles are fascinating. The the coins especially are fascinating, especially when you think about those totals in context of um, like the estate uh, tax levels and mm. stuff like that. For example, it's very um, easy to hand down millions in wealth in a, a briefcase full of coins that is outside of the uh, state's reach, who many view as um, being increasingly um, not fiscally responsible responsible let's say you know what i mean and so um easy to see why the money goes uh into those asset classes and at one point in particular that that van has been saying and i think is the asset you were talking about is those saint gaudens coins mm-hmm. that i mentioned he was he was saying the it was some ceo back in the 80s when 
The gold was at $275 an ounce. These St. Gaudens coins were $2,000 a coin. It's like, I don't know, 0.96 or 0.97 ounces of gold in there. So just about an ounce. Yep. But anyway, they were trading at you know, multiples of, of what the gold price was. And here we are in 2021. I'm pretty sure this is what Van was saying. And yep. those same St. Gaudens coins are still at 21 or 2200 bucks, while gold is not at 275 anymore, but is at 1800 And so... Um, Anyway, I always think about that when when I, I buy gold because, you know, most people think of the the eagles. And I always think about Vance saying he would trade in every eagle he's got for uh, some of these older historic pieces. And uh, frankly, they're cooler to, to look at and hold anyway. And they got just as much gold in there. And uh, you start looking uh, then at the spread, right, once they become more scarce, I guess, is what I wanted to say. And so, no, it's always interesting listening to what he has to say. No, we'll put a link up to that interview, and you're spot on. You know, he 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 mentioned that the premium before was, you know, multiples, as you said, right? 100% premiums, 200% premiums. The premiums right now um, are, are like 10%. And, you know, and in his opinion, he said, you know, on the downside, um, there's not a lot of risk because like a lot of the junior stocks that have real resources and are real companies and have been sold off during this consolidation, uh, the market has done a pretty efficient job of removing the bulk of the risk. He said the risk may be 2 to 3%. Um, mm. and, and, and the upside, in his words, could be pretty dramatic is what he said. And so, you know, when you Infinity. hear somebody... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so when you hear a guy like Van Simmons say that the downside is 2 to 3%, and the upside no, is infinity. For sure. Absolutely. You go and you read that interview and you give Mr. Van Simmons a call. We'll put a link up to the interview um, and we'll put a link up to uh, to David Hall, Rare Coins. But best in the business and just, you know, all of my experiences with him. He's been gracious and generous with his time and it's always appreciated. So he deserves the plug. Beauty. The plug deserves the plug, Nick. Love it. That's all I got. Anything else on your mind? Anything you want to get off your chest? No, that was a good note to, to wrap up on. The only thing we didn't mention was uh, uranium. Those stocks seem to be doing okay. Cameco reported earnings. Uh, some of the juniors uh, continue to move up from their correction. And so, no, I think that's the only thing we didn't really mention that would be a, a recurring theme. So I'm good. We'll save it for next week. We'll save it for next week. That's all I got. I'm going to go lament my once great Chicago Cubs. Um yeah, that's all. That, that, that's it. This was episode 128 of Bizarro World. I am Mr. Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge. Say goodbye to everybody, Nick. See ya.